Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. So on my way coming back, I was driving and I saw Eugene, you sent a message on the uh, platform that we have a new pastors. Amen. Amen. And I look at it, you know, I was driving, so I couldn't, you know, read it well. So when I stopped, I'm like, so what's going on here? This little, little, wait a minute. So, you know, and I had a phone call from a brother too. He's like, Charlie, what in your call? And I'm like, ah, you know, as a matter of fact, we begin to criticize. Okay. And the warning is, if you sit under this roof and you don't know what you are talking about, please don't say it because sometimes God passes through people and when our pastors and the officials give us warnings or they give us instructions, we need to obey it and just listen. But sometimes we sit here and for instance, Eugene might come and preach and I'll be sitting down and I'll be criticizing but when it comes to translating whatever we are saying into action, it becomes a problem. Amen. This is the whole thing here. So Monday evening when I came home, I was sitting down home. Uh, I'm not going to mention names, but I talked to some few people. They were also interested. We talked about it. And when we're talking about that, okay, what I'm talking about is, Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. In the evening when I came home, I was sitting down watching TV. And there's a was I sleeping? No. I wasn't dreaming either. What we call a trance. There's a big loud voice telling me, Elvis, the name mentioned with my name, don't you see that the world is coming to an end? And what are you doing about it? Sometimes we sit down and criticize people. We were talking about the new pastors that they brought on board. They are young. Uh, they are uh, little young girls and what can they Meanwhile, we are not give, allowing ourselves to do it. If you don't do it, somebody will do it. Amen. And I have to pray about it. But I know I have been forgiven. So the next day, I have to call Rev and apologize to him. Rev, uh, as a matter of fact, you know, this is what we did, but like I say, I'm not going to mention names. You know, you need to have a big heart in order to be able to call Rev and confess what, you know, amen. And the voice was like, the world is coming to an end and what are we doing about it? Let me tell you something. The voice is so big. You see, um, when storm is coming, you see how thunder, the voice was so deep and loud. What are we doing? And what are you doing? But you sit back and criticize. It's a warning to the whole church. If you are here and the new pastors, you say something about them, please 
way. Amen. Hallelujah. So I did it and uh, Rev asked me, did you pray about it? I said, I asked God for forgiveness. But now I have to tell you, you know, when you begin to say certain things that Rev say, it means you are gossiping about him indirectly. Amen. And we need to stop all that. Hallelujah. What a testimony. What a testimony. Yes. Brother Elvis, thank you. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for brother Elvis. Because it takes a courageous person and a great person to admit that they've done wrong. Hallelujah. Yeah, most people will just quietly you know, hiding. No, I, would, I wouldn't know about this. But he left me a voicemail. I called him back. And he told me, and I said, I am not the first person you should apologize to. You should apologize first to God. Hallelujah. He said he's already done that. But after I've done that, I need to make sure that you also, I apologize to you. Hallelujah. So as he said, it's a warning for all of us. If you walk with God for some time, you will notice that you don't joke with things that God is doing. Amen. You may not agree with all of it. You may not understand all of it. But as David said, he said, I do not exercise myself in things that I do not understand or things that are above me. Amen. So our duty is to cooperate and recognize people that have been assigned a specific work and they've been given a title. Hallelujah. At the end of the day, God knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. Yeah, God knows what he's doing. And um, But Alvis, I think you mentioned that God gave a warning about the light bulb going to be taken away from anyone who criticizes. Amen. Hallelujah. He's not a small man. You know, for him to come here and stand here and talk about it, you must know that this is very serious. Amen. Wonderful. Our scripture of the week, do we have a scripture of the week? Let's burn our eyes and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness, for your mighty hand that has brought us together. We pray that you come and feed us your holy precious words. Bring us closer to your heart. May our eyes and our hearts be opened. May we be transformed into the image of Christ Jesus, your son. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank the Lord. Please, if it's possible to come forward, we, um, we haven't reserved the phone for anyone, so you are welcome to come forward. Amen. Acts chapter 2 and verse 32. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost Acts 2.38 Amen. Amen so let's go Acts 2.38 and Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Acts 2.38. Let's do it again. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.38. Hallelujah. This is the message Apostle Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came down. Amen. And when Peter preached, the Bible said the scriptures cut their heart. His message cut to their heart. And then they said, what shall we do? Then he said, what you need to do? How, you, how do you respond to a message? Amen. Amen. When you hear a message, how do you respond to it? The response is repent. Repent means change the way you think. Change the way you are looking at things. Repent and be what? Be baptized. The Baptism must come after the repentance. If you go through baptism without actually repenting in your heart, you have just gone through a physical exercise and it will have no lasting spiritual benefit. Hallelujah. So repent, the, the, the entry into the body of Christ, becoming a member of the body of Christ, is you repent from your sins, then you are baptized. Hallelujah. And then it says that you are being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It was very important he brought that out because, you know, they had a baptism before Jesus started preaching called the baptism of John. Amen. And that baptism of John was in preparing them to meet the Messiah who was coming, who is Christ. And so after John was de dead and gone, now the baptism has to be about Christ. When you talk to a lot of people, do you know God? Um, do, are you, he said, I'm a spiritual person. People will tell you, I'm a spiritual person. But, but when you bring up the name of Jesus Christ, that's why you see the differences in the spirits. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So, um, I am not impressed by any type of spirituality that does not have Christ in it. And I'm not impressed by any type of spirituality that does not have the, the cross of Christ in it. Because at the root of Christianity is the cross. Amen. Amen. And the baptism, the purpose of the baptism is to demonstrate how Christ died. He went, after he died, he went into the, the land of the dead, which is beneath. So that's why when we baptize someone, we put them by immersion completely under the water. Hallelujah. That's a type of barrier. And then when they come out of the water, it's resurrection. Amen. Amen. So your faith must be in Christ and about Christ. And then it says, after you are baptized and you, you, you are forgiven, for the remission of sins, Remission of sin. It means the wiping away of your sins. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, if we say we have no sin, we make God a liar. Amen. Amen. It means the truth is that we are sinners. Until you are forgiven, you are a sinner. Amen. The Bible says, after he has forgiven you, he said, your sins I will remember no more. But if your sins have not been brought before God for forgiveness, you cannot walk around pretending that there's nothing. Have you ever had a quarrel or problem with someone? And you meet them at a place, and they come smiling, they shake your hands, and they are trying to relate to you normal, like there's no issue. Do you like that experience? You don't enjoy that experience, do you? If there's a problem, you want the problem to be resolved before relations can be normalized. Because what the person is doing is that they are belittling what they have done, right? They are making it seem like there's no issue. When there was a real issue, hallelujah. 
But after the issue has been resolved, then you shouldn't keep bringing it up. Do you get it? Or talking about it to other people. So when God forgives us our sins, this is what happens, that to God, he's forgotten about it. Hallelujah. And then that entitles you to what is called the gift of the Holy Spirit. Who is entitled for the gift of the Holy Spirit? A person who has, been rep- who has repented and baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You have received remissions of sin. So that the Holy Spirit cannot come on people who have not had their sins forgiven. But that is reading it in the negative. Right? If you flip it, then people who have had their sins forgiven are entitled to receive what? The Holy Ghost. So if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have had your sins forgiven, one of the things you must believe for and, and ask God for is what? The Holy Ghost. And how much do you pay for the Holy Ghost? It's a, it's a gift of the Holy Ghost. A gift is something someone gives to you for free. Hallelujah. Sometimes people give, some people give you a gift and it's actually trying to buy something from you. That's why they say, that's why they say there's nothing like a free lunch. Be careful whose lunch you attend. Amen. But God's gift to you is the Holy Ghost. And in fact, the Holy Ghost is God himself. So the reward for having your sins forgiven is that God gives you himself. Holy Ghost is God in the present. Because he was introduced in John 14 as, he said, the paraclete. It's like one called along to help. Or the strengthener, the comforter, the advocate, the standby. Hallelujah. I don't know how people are going through life. You, You are not on drugs. You don't drink. You stopped drinking a long time ago. Hopefully. (laughs) <laughs> Amen. Because you see, people are facing this difficult life with some substances. Amen. The big question is what substance is helping you? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. People are going through all kinds of stresses, and they are, they, the way they are coping is, is some type of substance. But if you are born again, if you are Christian, you are not supposed to make anything else your substance that you rely on. Because you see, that any type of addiction. When you are addicted, when somebody is addicted to something, what does that mean? They are hooked. So practically, they cannot live without it. It's, it's like, it, 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 it's something that you must have every day. Amen. You can't function without it. That thing has become your God. There is only one that you, sh- you should not be able to live without, who is God himself. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There is no human being even in even in the even in the uh, maritime relationship, your spouse cannot be your god. Okay, okay. Amen. Amen. And it cannot be that if your spouse is not around, you cannot function. It's like you've you've sold your soul. You must. You, you are also a person before God. One sister she complained to her pastor. He said, "Look, I believe in uh, uh, my husband loving me, but I think it's too much. I think he can't function without me." He said, "Look, he's chasing me around the house everywhere." <laughs> Amen. Which every sister would like, that the husband is chasing her around the house everywhere. But this brother was going too far. He said, even when I go to the restroom, he wants to come there. That's why I said, that's why I crossed the line. Amen. Are you listening to me? You can't, you can't make, you can't, it cannot be that your wife is your God. Amen. There is the substance called the divine substance of the Holy Ghost. He is the one you need to help you cope with life. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Healing Jesus Sunday. Healing Jesus Sunday. You see, 
Some of you may not be familiar with the Healing Jesus campaign. Healing Jesus campaign is an evangelistic campaign that the founding bishop of the church, our founder, Bishop Dakiwad Mills, um, has been engaging in for several years. Hallelujah. And um, we actually had the Healing Jesus um, conference in April. Is that not so? And Bishop's mindset is that it's this activity or this exercise is not something that only he should be doing. Like the goal is that all of us as believers, we must go back to the foundations of the Bible. We must go back to the foundations of the gospel to know what the gospel is originally about. Hallelujah. The gospel is originally about God sent his son. Amen. Amen. To come and die for our sins, the remission of sins. See, today, to talk about sin, to talk about hell, to talk about, uh, it's like, it's a strange teaching in the church. Because people are used to going to church and only hear about blessings. And the benefits. Amen. Amen. If you go for a job interview and um, they ask you, after they go over your resume, right, and you are able to explain what you've done in the past and all, and they ask you, give me two reasons why we should hire you. And you tell them, you know, I checked your corporate website. Your benefits are really, really great. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I, I think if I work here, and, and then you go ahead and you say that not only are your benefits good, the work environment is so peaceful. The way I'm struggling at home with no peace in the house, I want a place to go and hide. <laughs> Look, do you think they are going to hire you? They want somebody, first of all, they want somebody who is whole. Because you bring your wholeness to, to the workplace. You don't want somebody whose mind is a scattered brain where you, you, you are confused and you think that the workplace is where you are going to get your peace. And then number two, you need to prove to them, Brother Ben. <laughs> if you interview somebody, would, would you like somebody who is only looking for the benefits? No. You have to show them your skills. That's what your resume is for. You demonstrate your skill set, your experience on your resume. And when you go to the interview, they want you to actually talk about it. If you have not done it, you just copied it from the internet. It will show when they begin to ask you questions. So, uh, in, in this scenario, what would you do? And when you did this, you realize that you are found wanting. Amen. You have not done, uh, uh, how do you call it, uh, uh, programming before, <laughs> computer programming before. They ask you, how do you understand flow control? Then so when you are pouring the oil, say, my friend, get out of here. <laughs> we are not talking about pouring of oil, flow control in programming. What, how do you control the sequence of the algorithm to run and want to stop? Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? <laughs> You must go prepared to prove to them that I'm bringing something to the table. Now, God saved us by grace. Okay? The Bible said we are what? Saved by grace through faith. Let's look at this scripture. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter We are talking about the healing Jesus. We are talking about the Jesus that came to heal us. To heal us spiritually and physically. Amen. And on the healing Jesus campaign Sunday... We need to go back to the root of the gospel and the invitation from God. Okay? Ephesians 2, let's look at verse 9. Okay? It said, We are saved not of works. Uh, maybe start from 8. 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Amen? So look at it very carefully. By grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Your salvation is by grace. The holy, uh, your salvation is a gift. 
The Holy Ghost is a gift. Hallelujah. Next verse. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. So, when it said not of works, the thing that brings you entrance into the kingdom of God, right? The thing that brings you to make you a child of God, that makes you born again. It is not based on your works. It's not based on the fact that you are a good person, you've been helping your neighbor, this old lady who's your neighbor cut her lawn. All those things are good things. But those things cannot pay for your sins. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you there? If somebody has done, committed a crime and they stand before a judge and I don't know what crime it is, but a serious felony and they stand before a judge and, and they are going reviewing your case, unless the judge has favor of mercy on you, you cannot bring up the fact that when it was snow in your neighborhood, you help your neighbor clear the snow from the driveway. That, is that a good thing to, to do? Yeah, but, but that thing that you have done, we will commend you for that. But this crime that you have committed also requires what? Punishment. A punishment. Amen. But then, but then the judge can give you a lenient punishment. He's the judge. Amen. So when it comes to God, do you get it? When it comes to God, we cannot use our good works to cover, cover up our sins. So it is not by what? Our works lest anyone should boast because the grace came through Jesus Christ his death and resurrection is what God used that God looked at Christ that this one person he has pleased me he is righteous if only you can place your faith in him I will no longer count your sins against you I will consider it crossed out hallelujah put your hand to, together for God almighty hallelujah okay so it's not of worth lest anyone should boast so now up to this point, it's okay by grace. Salvation is free. Then somewhere else in, in, in Romans, Paul said, shall we continue to sin so that grace will abound? Then he said, God forbid. But let's look at verse 10 over here in Ephesians 2. For we are his what? Workmanship. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. It seems like an oxymoron. Because it says that we have not been saved by works. But now it's saying in the next verse that we have been what? Created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. So in other words, on the one hand, your works or your good works is not what brings you to salvation. But after you are saved, good works are expected of you. Does that make sense? Because after you have been forgiven, after, after God has, has wiped away your sins and has brought you into the family of God, God expects some things from you. It is not enough to just say, it, it's just like a, having a bunch of homeless people sitting by the um, high street downtown and destitute and homeless and, you know, in the winter or, 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 or let's say in the summer, you, know, you, you drive around and you, you, you see a bunch of them. So, okay, I'm not just going to give you uh, um, $5 today, okay, I am going to take you and go get you clothes, go get you food, alright, and I'm going to bring you actually to come and live in my house. I have more room, maybe three of them, and so I've paid off, you know, maybe you say you owed somebody, I've paid it off, I've given you free clothing, I've given you food, but now I am bringing you to come and live in my house. Is that grace? 
you, see, you haven't been in a very difficult situation before. That's why this does not sound powerful to you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah. And so then you bring these people to the house. And then you say, okay, um, you can sleep here. This is the sink. This is the restroom and, and all that. But um, tomorrow I'm traveling. Traveling to Chicago. The lawn is grown. And so, um, here's the mower. Here's the gas. Here's the oil. Can you take care of it for me? Is it too much to ask that you are sitting in my basement and I'm feeding you and I've clothed you and I've given you all this and now there is work in my backyard and I need you to, 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 to mow it. And you tell, me, you, you tell me I can't do it? This is what we are telling God. Are you getting the picture? That yes, the first step was a free gift that, okay, you didn't have to call, bring these uh, homeless people home. You didn't have to. Everybody gives, gives a couple of quarters. Tell this couple of quarters a dollar. Go get dollar menu. Do, do, do they still have dollar menu at uh, McDonald's? Yeah, take the dollar and go and get dollar menu. Does it include a drink? But how much? Two dollars will get you a drink. So if you want to help somebody... At least make it two dollars. <laughs> so they will use one dollar for the beggar and then a dollar for the drink. Yeah, people do that because people don't want any responsibility beyond helping you. But somebody has gone beyond that, right? And then brought you home and made you part of his family. Okay? And they say, okay, now I just have these little small, small jobs in the house. Help me with it. So he said that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Hallelujah. What God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Our salvation is free, but after we are saved, God expects us to work for him. Amen. This is what this whole thing is about. Church is about sick people coming to get well. Amen. And after we are well, we help God get other people well. That's church. Amen. Amen. So at every point in time, you are going to find people are in different phases of this process. There are some who are still, be, still in the process of getting well. In fact, the, 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 the first group don't even know that they are sick. There's a group who don't even know there's anything wrong with them. Hallelujah. And there's a group who come get insight and, and, and God is helping them get over our issues, get over and we are getting well. And there is a group who have reached an advanced stage of wellness. Hallelujah. And therefore, they can help others. Are you there? But even those people, from time to time, you need to make check, check in with them and make sure that everything is all right with them. That's the church of God. Amen. Let's look at this scripture in Titus chapter 2. The big project God is pursuing in the world today is the project of saving of souls. And that's what Bishop Doug wants the whole church to make it our mission. Hallelujah. Amen. That we will have two million souls sitting in our churches worldwide on a Sunday. Amen. Are you there with me? As a Christian, remember the analogy. Maybe you don't see yourself as a homeless person who somebody can give you two dollars and walk away. But the Bible says that we were what? Is that for the wages of sin is that we were lost in our sins. But God showed us mercy and brought us to his house. And now he's asking us to now become interested in what he's about. If all you are interested in in the house of God, 
And after you have been saved from the snow and the open uh, sunshine, and you've been brought to the basement, now you can enjoy the goodies in the house. If all that we are interested in is to eat the food of the house, and we are not interested in helping do the dishes, we are not interested in, in, in cleaning the house, we are not interested in cutting the lawn, it means that we are what? Ungrateful. Hallelujah. And one day God will ask us, Titus 2 and verse number 10. Not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity that he may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. Verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Okay. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Add verse 16. Oh, is that the last verse? Okay, verse 15. Wonderful. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. So you see, Titus was a young pastor. Do you get it? It's like one of the pastors that have been recently appointed. Very young. And Paul, the apostle, is writing to him to encourage him and to strengthen him. Amen. Amen. Because if you are a tatos in a church full of grown-ups, you wouldn't have the confidence to do anything. And Paul is telling him that, look, he said, exhort, rebuke with all authority, let no one despise you. Amen. But let's go back to verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. That's the title of my message for people at the back. The great grace of God that brings salvation. That's my message. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now, I'm here to submit to you that this grace that has appeared to all men is a person. Like, like the person is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And Jesus Christ is the personification of the grace of God. Like, like, like God wanted to show his grace to mankind, he sent a person. And he was sent who? All men. Hallelujah. As long as, as, long as we talk about religion and spirituality in vague general terms, in philosophic terms with, using words, okay, it can be easily brushed aside. Because people will have their own interpretation of different words. People will say this thing means this. This is a, a relative. But then you need to put a face on it. Hallelujah. When you put a face to something, it takes a different meaning. And it takes a different effect. Jesus Christ is the face of the grace of God. Are you listening to me? Let's look at this scripture in um, um, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 and 13. What we are talking about is that the grace of God that has appeared to all men, maybe you can hold, hold the 
wonderful. For the word of God is what? Living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Hallelujah. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joys and marrow and is at the center of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Keep in mind the word of God is Jesus. The scripture says in the beginning was the word and the word was what? With God and the word was what? God. So the word of God is living and powerful. The word of God is active and alive. Like what we, what we are talking about is not an inanimate philosophy we are expounding. We are talking about God himself. Amen. And now, add the next verse, verse 13. He said, there is no creature hidden from his sight. Look at the fact that he was talking about the word of God by using the word his sight. It's a, it's, like, it's a person we are talking about. There is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are what? Naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Amen. Amen. As we are talking about the grace of God, that has appeared to all men. I am introducing this grace as the person of Jesus Christ. That God wanted to show the word grace. He sent a person. He sent himself in the form of human flesh. And every human being will have to give account. It's like you cannot, you cannot do without him. You, you cannot dodge Christ. Hallelujah. When you are not dealing with a person, it's a different thing altogether. When you are just using words and talking. A long time ago, a friend, of, a friend of mine asked me to accompany him to go and buy uh, goat meat. Amen. Fresh goat meat where you see the goat walking by the car. And you say, I want this one. And then they will catch it and kill it. How many have gone to such a place before? Yeah, yeah. Ah, but you are looking at me like, uh, I mean, do they have such places here in Columbus? Uh, Lancaster. Lancaster, okay. So this one was in New Jersey. Okay. So... This friend asked me to go to get this goat meat. So we were there, and there's a long line. And um, uh, we were waiting in the waiting room on t before our turn. And a discussion. You know, it's like when you go to a barber place or hair um, saloon, it, there's always conversation. Is that not so? So people were having conversation, and one thing that was brought up was a certain politician. His name came up, and people started criticizing him. Uh, he, I think he was a commissioner of a region or something like that. And people were criticizing him all kinds of things, talking about him left and right. But a lot of horrible things people were saying. So as they kept talking about it, at some point, one of the employees of this, uh, what do you call such a place? Uh, a place where they kill goats. Slaughterhouse. Okay, let's go for slaughterhouse. I couldn't pronounce the word you were saying, so. <laughs> what? Abba, well, let's, I will stay with slaughterhouse. I will stay with slaughterhouse. It's easier for me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. So, an employee of the slaughterhouse came to where this discussion was happening. And then he asked a question. Who are we talking about? Who are you talking about? And then somebody said so and so and so, and then they mentioned the detail. What was it? And then the guy, a very tall and thick guy, he said, "Listen, guys, this guy is my uncle that you are talking about. Do you know him? Have you met him before? Because you see how it is. Words are cheap. Do you get it? People can throw words and play on words and all kinds of things. 
But when you meet a person, because now the person they were talking about was not in the meeting, but his nephew was there, and he showed up with a face that you now nah, you'll be afraid. He said, he said, have you met him? Do you know him? Have you met And the person that I accompanied to go by the goat me, he was among the people, um, you know, saying bad things about this person. <laughs> and if you look at Stature, the yeah. slaughterhouse employee yeah. is like, you know, yeah. like, exactly like that. And then the f- person that I accompanied, my friend, was a little bit of a smallest, uh, skinny person, a little. So... <laughs> So, 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 when the guy came and he asked, he was the one, he's like the spokesperson. He's the one, because he doesn't know the relation, he's the one who spoke up. Then he said, my friend, do you know him? Have you met him? He's my uncle. He's a good person. And then he said, I'm sorry, I didn't know you are related to him. He said, as a matter of fact, I know him. He said, I know him, I've actually watched this car before. <laughs> you know, my friend told the nephew that, Hey, he has watched this car. You've watched this car. Did he not pay you? He said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> because now a person has appeared. Yeah. Now, when a person appeared, appears, it is no more a conversation. It is no more words we are throwing around. Because the nephew of the person is now owning the owning the, the, the conversation. And what I'm telling you now, what I'm telling you now, okay, behind me, okay, behind me is Christ Jesus. Because he said the grace of God that brings salvation to all human beings has appeared. And that grace is Christ Jesus, whom you cannot ignore. You cannot uh, 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 pretend he doesn't exist because one day the scripture says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Hallelujah. And those of us who have embraced Christ, who have received Christ as our Savior, he is sending us on a mission. He is sending us to become ambassadors for him. Hallelujah. If you are an ambassador of a kingdom and he sends you to uh, 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 another country, you are supposed to represent the interests of the kingdom that sent you. Hallelujah. You shouldn't go and now start an Uber business. In the country where you've been sent as an ambassador, you've abandoned your post. You've left the the embassy and and now you've joined hands with a, a car manufacturer. And now you are ordering cars from Japan. And you are using it for Uber business. When I sent you to go to Kochibamba as what? An ambassador on my behalf. And if things are going wrong in that country about, about my kingdom of my country, you are my mouthpiece. You are the person who should stand up and own. This is what we are to God. Amen. Amen. You and I are ambassadors of the kingdom of God on the earth. And Christ has finished his part and has left. And he has given us the rest of that. We ought to be interested and in about our father's business. Hallelujah. Amen. And if anyone is saying the wrong things about Christ, if anyone is saying or, or doing the wrong things about the kingdom of God, it ought to concern you. Imagine his nephew who was there. And as an employee, he is not the owner of the slaughterhouse or abatros or whatever you say you call it. <laughs> he's not the owner of that. He's just an employee. Do you get it? As an employee, what is his interest at the place? To work in return for what? For pay. So his main interest ought to be, I just come, okay? I do my job. At the end of the month, I get paid, and hopefully I get uh, uh, meat also, either discounted, uh, subsidized, or for free. That's my interest as an employee. 
but if they are talking about my uncle and they are tarnishing his name and they are saying all kinds of horrible things, is it enough to just say that I just got paid yesterday and I'm not interested in anything else at this place? All I'm interested in is to just come and get paid and get a, a, a bunch of goat and uh, meat and go home. No! My uncle is somebody I'm interested in defending his name and his, his, his legacy. And this is who we are to God. Put your hands together to God Almighty. So on Healing Jesus Sunday, when the message is over, we are going to do a campaign and raise money. But I'm first speaking to your heart. Because it's not about just giving money. Hallelujah. It's also about becoming soul winners. It's also about, it's, it's also about you know how some, sometimes somebody is asking for money and you want them to go away, right? You want them to go away, so you give them money to get them off your back. Do you get it? Like, like um, it, it's like their, their presence is like an eyesore. Like you are having a graduation party in a, restu- a big restaurant. Okay? A nice graduation party in a big open restaurant. And in the midst of the celebration, where you have somebody designated to take a video of, uh, of the thing. Do you get it? Pictures and video are being taken. Any party, graduation or any party. And then you have a beggar come in, dressed in tattered clothes. And also smelly. And they come with flies following them. And they come and they, they, they are... Uh, photobombing in the picture and they are asking for something, a handout. Do you get it? And the, the um, waiters and waitresses at the restaurant are struggling with them. They are trying to get them to leave, but they don't want to leave. And they are struggling with them. Uh, if you are the one whose party is being organized, or if you are the one who organized the party, you realize that the scene of the the scene of the of the homeless people, homeless person, is spoiling the live coverage of what you are celebrating. Are you following my analogy? Yeah, yeah. So, what do you do? You take out your wallet. How much do they need? Do they need food? I will pay. Right? So, because your main aim is to get rid of them. It's not that you are interested in philanthropy or you are interested in helping the uh, poor or, or hungry. Your main goal is I can use my money so that I don't have to deal with this fly, fly-stricken person. But I don't want us to have this attitude when it comes to healing Jesus. Are you getting, getting, to what, uh, getting what I'm saying? That I want your heart to be embedded in what God is doing. I want your heart to be embedded in the saving of souls. I want your heart to be embedded in you yourself being actively uh, understanding that this is God's agenda for today. And you participate in it with your money, with your effort, with your soul winning activities. And together we are in it as one enterprise as a church. That's what we want. Not just to give a handout and okay, Bishop Dag, I don't want to see your face until next, uh, 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 next month or next year. That's not a good spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at this scripture again. Back to Titus 2. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Jesus Christ has appeared to all men. Teaching us what? Is he teaching us that? Teaching means that there are some things you don't know. So you need to be taught. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus came to teach us. Back to Titus chapter 2. 
and verse 11 down. Teaching us some things. It means that the prefix for teaching us that we don't know some things that Jesus Christ came to teach us. The grace came to teach us. Our mindset about life, how we look at life, needs to be taught, needs to be changed. Hallelujah. What is he teaching us? To deny ungodliness and worldly lust. How many know there are lusts in the world? There are attractions in the world that are seeking for your heart. And every age in life, every stage in life, has its own problems. Young people with their hormones developing, and they don't know how to deal with it. It's a process everybody goes through. Do you get it? But how many know that last is not only among young people? People of older generation also have their own last that they deal with. And last is not just in terms of the sexual sense. Last in terms of anything luring your heart and causing you to become addicted to it and, and taking your eyes away from God. It's a last. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's the quest for fame. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's the sometimes it is the it is a last for a last for um always having something to say. Have you met somebody who has a last for always having something to say? And it's not and there's no filter. There are some people who have no filter. There's, they don't have any inbuilt filter that they use to, 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 to weigh what should be said and what should not be said. Their mouth is like somebody on diarrhea. It's a type of last problem some people have. Amen. Oh, got to, have, you not, have you not met people like that before? Yes. Go to verse 2. He said we should deny ungodliness that we can, we can no longer lead our lives as people who have not met Christ. We have met Christ. And after we have met, we have met Christ, you see the friend who the friend who the slaughterhouse employee confronted. After that, slaughterhouse employee, what do you think he, he will do next? He will go back and continue his work, right? But do you, what do you think my friend will, will do next? Do you think he will keep talking that way? After meeting the person of the, <laughs> the, the slaughterhouse nephew, he, he had to change his behavior. Because in that instance, the, the repercussions were immediate. That, that if he doesn't behave properly, he might go home with a different color on his face. Amen. No <laughs> and with no good. In the person of God, in our relation with God, the, 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 the recompense, the, the reckoning time, the time where we will give account is delayed. And because it has been delayed, it, seems, it is as if there is no e effect or consequence to how we respond to the person of Christ. And I'm here to warn us that we need to wake up from our slumber and understand that after we have met Christ, we can no longer, he said, he is the one with whom we must give account. For the grace that brings salvation and appear unto all men. 12. Are we struggling with going to verse 12? Because I said 12 a while back. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We should deny worldly lust. What is that? Ask, ask, ask your neighbor. Uh, are you, I, I won't tell anybody. Can you tell me uh, the, the last four things that you are struggling with? <laughs> somebody, somebody said, I, I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> Amen. Or keep it to yourself. But by all means, work on it. By all means, talk to God about it. By all means, pray to God to get out of it. Because he said we should deny it. And then we should live soberly. We should live soberly. 
we shouldn't be on any substance, whether it's uh, alcohol or any other substance. We should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present age. Okay? Sometimes sober living and denying ourselves sometimes is in the area of money. Because um, I was watching a movie and uh, you know how in Julius Caesar, after Caesar died, there was a guy called Marcus Antonius or Mark Anthony. He came to give a speech. He said, friends, Roman, countrymen, lend me what? Your ears. In this movie, the guy came and said, friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your money. Because <laughs> a lot of things are driven by money. Hallelujah. How would we be able to part with money for God's work? Where is the money coming from? Because your bills are very tight. Amen. Is it not tight? It's very tight. And we are believing God for open heavens and divine interventions. It's very tight. The only way you can have money to support Healing Jesus campaign is that you have to deny yourself some of the things that you want so bad. Because look at that scripture. Denying ungodliness and worthless. Some of the things that we are saving our money for, some of the things that we are piling up, they are just, it comes under the umbrella of worldly lust. Because, especially those of us in this part of, 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 uh, of the earth, our, our case, we are far better than the majority of people in the world. An extra shoe that you cannot live without it. A chain that you cannot live without it. An extra what? An extra bag. Handbag, an extra handbag, not, not a traveling bag. An extra handbag that you cannot live without. Because you see, if we say give hundred dollars, that hundred dollars is budgeted. It has a purpose that it is meant to buy this. But the only way you can do is that you tell yourself, you deny yourself, tell yourself that look, this bag thing can wait. There are people who don't even have what? A hand to hold the bag. So therefore, they cannot work. And they need to hear the gospel too. Because healing Jesus, you don't, you, many of you don't know. We also have a humanitarian part. The prayer spiritual part. And then we also go with food and clothing and, and medication yeah. to support the poor. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. But the thing is that if we keep telling ourselves we don't have it, we don't have money, and I don't have it, every day you are saying you don't have I'm telling you how you can now begin to have. Stop some of the things you've been buying. Stop it. Because you can live without it. You can tell yourself that if I don't buy this thing, I will not die. I will live. And the money that you were saving to buy that thing, use it to, to support God's work. Because in the final analysis, we are all going to die. Either I will bury you or you bury me. That's the sober reality of life. Sister Neelam. That's the sober reality of life. Amen. And after that, we become part of the earth. We become part of the earth. When people are being buried, all kinds of things are put in the coffin in my culture. Just for cultural remembrance and nostalgic effect. But any person who is a grown-up knows that after a while, if you go and dig, it's all rotten as part of the earth. That's one thing we should remember. One guy, he used to work at a mortuary. He told his friends, look, 
Me, since I started working here, I have stopped quarreling with everybody because of what I have seen. He was working at the mortuary. But the thing is that when you hear the word of God, you don't have to go and work at the mortuary. Just pay attention to the word that is coming and begin to tell yourself, what am I going to deny myself that I can save money to help God's work? The money, the people you are going to help, you may never meet them on this earth. You will never meet them for them to say thank you. But one day, it will be brought up in heaven. I am believing God for one of these days, we are going to watch a video. We are going to hear a message about a man of God who died and went to heaven. And the things and the confrontation and what he saw, I think it's best that we hear it directly from Bishop Dad. So I'm making, I'm praying that God will make a time because it's about an hour and a half. So on a Sunday, it's a bit tricky, but I think we can do it. Amen. Deny yourself what it lasts. Because when you hear deny yourself what it lasts, you only think of the fornicants. But some of the last is that the last to have and pile up on more possessions, to pile up on more clothes, to pile up on more things that you're going to use to adorn yourself, to show yourself to the world in a world that me too, I have arrived. My back have arrived. Look, we are nothing. It is just the grace of God that is holding us up. Do you know, do you know, do you know that at the quantum physical level, quantum physics, quantum physical level, do you know that things that appear as solid are actually not solid? They are, it's just waves. An atom, they talk the atom is the smallest unit. When you go down, 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 it's just a series of little, little waves going like this. What appears as solid to you is really not solid. Hallelujah. I pray that God will touch our hearts. That when we hear about Healing Jesus campaign, we will say, oh, did we not have it last month? Because what you think you are saving money for is all hollow. If God does not give us grace even to go to work tomorrow, how can we even rise from our beds? Pray about it. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we commit ourselves to you. We are asking that you help us. Touch our hearts. Transform our vision for life. May we cooperate with you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.